Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Here in the studio we have Shaka Hislop, Casey Keller and myself, Kay Murray. And we've got some Premier League action to talk about. Starting at the Emirates where Arsenal were beaten 2-0 by West Ham. The first goal with an element of controversy to it. Had the ball gone out of play in the build-up to that goal from Suchek? But in the second half, there was a header from Konstantinos Mavropanos. He didn't celebrate against his former team. A couple of chances as well from Jesus and Saka. They both came close. A couple of penalty claims for Arsenal as well. But in the end, it was a loss at home for them. Arsenal say second in the table. Two points behind Liverpool at the halfway point of the Premier League campaign. West Ham go above Manchester United into six. Let's welcome in Nader Manua to talk more about it. Let's focus on where it did go wrong for Arsenal today, Naden, because they did have their chances. Yeah, they absolutely did. I think you can see from the stats and the XG, and they had some really good opportunities, you know, not least of all that Saka chance on his right foot. But I think it was just one of those days where things just weren't really going their way, and I'm sure Arteta said after the game that, you know, they should have scored that game. For them to not score, it seems wild. And then a couple of moments go against them, but this is the sort of challenge of playing in the Premier League and playing against a side like West Ham who will have the ability to have a low block, to drop off and to be defensively really good. But in Bowen, you know, Pakatar, while he was on there, and Kudus as well, they have a real threat in attack. And as we know from David Moyes' sides, they're good at set pieces. So it wouldn't necessarily say it's a blueprint as such, but the nature of the goals West Ham scored, that makes sense. But for Arsenal, you just can't dominate in the way that they have and then leave the stadium without a goal to show for it because you will be punished. What stood out to you, Shaka? I, I think a lot of what Needham is, is touching on. And, and for Arsenal, for as good as they've been, for as, as much as, as we've praised them, as, as this game was going on, Casey and I were saying, well, who's going to be that player to step up? Who's going to be that Thierry Henry-like player? And then you, you look through the, the likely goal scorers, or you look through the goal scorers from, from, from this season. Um, leading goal scorers for, for Arsenal this season, Saka, um, Saka and Nketiah. Five goals apiece. Second is, second is Havertz, who's got four. We're halfway through the season, and those are the numbers that, that we're posting. You, I, I look through some of the teams at, at the higher end of, of, of the table. Um, Liverpool have scored two goals more, but uh, Salah has got ten, I think it is. Spurs have scored one goal less than Arsenal as a team. You still Son is on 11. But while Arsenal have shared the goals around in, in patches, it's a moment like this that you need somebody with that instinct uh, in and around the box. Um, Gabriel Jesus had a couple of guilt-edge chances that he really should have done a whole lot better with. Once those go, go begging, you just kind of get the feeling that it's going to be another one of those days that is going to be frustrating. And unless somebody like a Declan Rice pops up in the 93rd as, as he did uh, against Luton, you just weren't absolutely certain where, where Arsenal's goal was going to come from. When you talk about sharing goals. You want to share goals when your striker is in that little bit of a dry spell. Mm. Maybe goes three goals, four goals. Okay, there's a center back pops up with a good goal on a set piece. But you still need that consistency throughout the season of 
that guy you can count on. And I'm, I'm just wondering if this is going to be the issue that is going to hold Arsenal back, not having that out-and-out marquee goal scorer that they might need to get them over the top. Is that exactly what they need, Nadem, and new striker? Do you know what? I'm not 100% sold on that just because, say, last year, for example, at this point in the season, they had 50 points and it wasn't as if their striker scored 15, 20, 25 goals. I think they were very good at sharing the goals out. You saw Martinelli have a marquee season, Saka, Odegaard, and they were chipping in all around the field as well. But I think in these sorts of moments, you know, there are so many questions leveled at a Jesus, but at one stage last year, it's like, oh, this is great. Arsenal have Jesus, so they have the ability to win the Premier League title. But I don't know, if they, if they think they need number nine, who's that going to be? You hear the talk of Ivan Tony, but for him, if he comes in, is he going to be sharing minutes with Jesus, sharing minutes with Nketiah? Maybe for him it's more beneficial to stay at Brentford, especially with the European Championships coming in the summer, you know, and he wants to show his best sort of side. So I think they're in a position where I think Arteta's probably overall happy with what he has, but he just knows that they can perform better, and I anticipate that will be the same sentiment shared around probably three or four teams uh, as you reach the halfway point in the season. And let's just get to that moment because he's been asked about it afterwards. The goal that stood for West Ham, their opening goal, obviously no conclusive evidence and no technology to really highlight that for us, which he said himself, he's actually said, it is what it is after the game. Yeah, and, and I think that's the only position that Mikel Arteta could have taken. Got himself into a lot of hot water, post-Newcastle, a similar incident, whether the ball went out or not. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, this is, we were, what, a few days removed from Arsenal-Liverpool and that Odegaard handball, and I certainly thought that was 100% a handball, and Arteta came out and said, well, he didn't see it, so he couldn't pass judgment, make what you like of that. Uh, Saliba came out and said, well, I thought it was a handball, but the referee didn't, so just get on with it. So just riding on that energy, I, I'm not sure that Arteta had, could say anything else other than this is what we have... Um, it could be better. There is technology out there that, that could, could give a, a better indication. But for some reason, the Premier League decided not to use it. So therefore, all you can do is, is in this circumstance, go with the, the ruling on the field. Got to suck it up, I suppose. Are you, are you saying with that, Nadem? Yeah, I am going to stay with that. I think as the goal went in, I thought that looks a bit suspect. But then as you see the replays running... You know, the, the placement of, of Jared Bowen's right hamstring is pivotal in deciding whether or not that goal counts. And I like the fact that the on-field decision was a decision that was made by the referee and the assistant referee who didn't want to guess. You know, they didn't know. And I think that's the side of football that regularly gets ignored. The referee doesn't always see everything in the moment. They see as much as they can, but they're not perfect. They don't see everything. So they have to stick with what they do see. And they saw the ball going into the goal. And with the video assistant referee, they went, they looked at it. And I'm sure people will say, well, it's definitely out. Some people say, well, you know, you can't really say. But the fact is the referee made the decision based on what they saw in that moment. And as far as, like, in the theory, that quote-unquote quote fairness side of things goes, I suppose that's something that could happen to any team. You just hope it falls your way when it does. When you were talking earlier, Nadem, about the striker and how they were where they were last season... Goals haven't been coming Saka's way easily either this season. You still stick with that position, even though this is the case? Uh, I do, just because I don't think this is them at their absolute best. I think there are certain players in that team who at times are underperforming. Like, don't get me wrong, I did not expect this result today for as good as West Ham have been. I still thought Arsenal would be able to handle their business at home. And on a different day, maybe they do. 
But I think there are players who will improve in the second half of the season. As you look at the top of the table now, Liverpool with 42 points, Arsenal with 40. Do we really believe the Premier League title this year will be won at between like 80 and 84 points? I don't think so. I think these sides will get better. And I think individually and collectively, they will improve. And so, like, Saka might be having a relative down year based on what he was doing last year. But the fact is, if they would have won today, they would have gone back to the top of the Premier League. So realistically, is it more of an ongoing, is it an ongoing crisis or is it just a dip in form and a sort of representation of how any team in this league can get caught out in any particular moment? It's one goal in his last 11. Does that concern you? Well, I think what concerns me is, you know, the conversation that Shaka and I were having was, do they need a marquee striker to get him over the top? Okay. Last year, they shared goals really well, what Nadam said, but they didn't get over the top. Now, this year, once again, they're close, and they, it could go either way. If the group consistently shares the goals well, but when you have a drought from one or two in that group, because you know, you know none of them are really that 25-goal scorer consistently for periods of a time. So do they need that marquee guy that will then be that difference where you can count on them, where you know year in and year out they're going to get those goals? Arsenal obviously mattered a lot to Mavropanos because he didn't want to celebrate his goal, Nadem. Were you surprised to see that? Do you know what? When I saw him do it, I thought, that's weird. But then that's because I'm not really as much of a football historian as maybe I should be. I didn't realise that he played for them all of those seven or eight times, whatever it was. But seven. Is the case and we're sent off in one of those really, as well. Really, <laughs> so six and a half? Well, you know, it's, no, six, it's, and, six and a yeah, quarter. I'm yeah. not really someone... Yeah, I'm not really someone to police people's celebrations or not celebrations. But I think if we were to look at a group of people that might know that he played for Arsenal, they're probably all in the Emirates Stadium. So... I think the fact he chose not to celebrate is fine, but I'm sure as he walks off the pitch and gets into that dressing room, he will very much be celebrating with his current teammates because what a goal and what a win that was. Uh, yeah, what a win it was. We actually got a great stat, Shaka. Uh, for David Moyes, it was his 73rd Premier League away game as a manager against Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester United. He had won zero of the previous 72. <laughs> Today was the day. <laughs> Today had to be the day. And what a way to, to get it. But again, jokingly, as we watch in this game, it's about 25 minutes in, I turn to, to Casey and I say, I can't remember what, what David Raya's wearing. Um, <laughs> West Ham really were camped in, in their own box. But then that should come as absolutely no surprise to anyone. That's how West Ham play. Invite the pressure, hope to break an, 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 on the counter-attack and, and get some kind of reward uh, reward that way. And, and it worked. And, and, and while, yes, for, for, for David Moyes, he gets to celebrate his first win against one, one of those fours, as you mentioned, um, it, it was hard fought. And, and I thought, well, we, we could talk about uh, Arsenal not being prolific enough in the box and the number of touches they had in the box and the cause, whatever you, you, may, you may want. You can't take away from how resolutely West Ham defended. And, and I thought they did a very good job of that. And, and, and credit, credit to, to, to David Moyes for, for setting a stall out, knowing who his team are and playing to those strengths. Yeah, we got Casey's opinion yesterday on the title odds. He was obviously on with Craig Burley. We wanted to bring you in on this one today, Naden, because we're just looking at the odds here. It's <laughs> Liverpool after this result who are proving to be, with the bookies here, Liver uh, Man City's biggest contenders. Are they?
the popular opinion. I actually don't have a clue what I'm talking about, Kay. But I thought Arsenal <laughs> were going to be the team that would... But then you look at them on a game like today and like you think, well, where's that come from? How have they managed to lose that game at home? It's a strange one for them. But Liverpool, I think they have the ability to do so. I'll be interested to see how they play when Salah goes away to Africa longer period of time. But City are there and they've had so many results going away. Once they have a sniff, they'll be in the mix. But I think as it stands, and I'll probably be wrong again, it's probably City and Liverpool. Is he wrong? Uh, no, he's not. Well, no, nothing saying City and Liverpool. I, I think City and Liverpool are the two favourites at, at this point. A couple of weeks ago, I said Arsenal played the best football in the league, but I didn't know how their, their experience down the stretch, especially Champions League football, would come back to cost them. And, and, and here's the thing that even I had to kind of check myself on today. For all, the, for all we've criticised Manchester City, for all the praise we've heaped, on Arsenal, Man City win their one game in hand, they're joint with Arsenal. They're two points behind Liverpool. So I, I, I continue to believe that, that City are favourites. Um, I have Liverpool in second. Again, another stat I saw somewhere, I think ESPN put it up on one of their social media pages, that so far to, the, to, to this season, um, Liverpool are nine points worse off because of VAR calls. Um, controversial VAR calls. That's a big gap if, if we're talking a nine-point swing at this halfway point in the season. Take that away from them in, in the second half of the season. All of a sudden, you know, Liverpool looking at, at what, 51 points for the second half of the season. That's, that's some going for, for Liverpool. So right now, I have, have it as, as City and Liverpool as, as first and second, Arsenal trailing in third. All right. Uh, more talk about this over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe while you are there and you can always keep up to date with the title odds and all the biggest chat from the Premier League. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Spurs were looking for a fourth straight league win to move back into the top four. It didn't come away to Brighton. They won this game 4-2. First goal came from Jack Hinchelwood. 
Then came a penalty for Brighton to make it 2-0. Joao Pedro would step up and send Vicario the wrong way after Kulisevsky had pulled Welbeck's shirt in the box. 63rd minute, Pervis Estupinian scored an absolute belter of a goal to make it 3-0. Joao Pedro got another chance from the spot and scored after Lo Celso took a little bit of Evan Ferguson. There was a late push from Spurs late on in this one. 81st minute, Alejo Velith got one back on the board for Spurs. Then came a header from Ben Davis in the 85th, but it was not enough for Ange Postacoglu's men. Nadam, what went wrong for Spurs today? What went wrong? I think they just started really slowly. I think Brighton got a, got a feel for the game. They had the crowd going for them. They were in the ascendancy. And I was really surprised. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game, but I didn't think it would be that high-scoring for Brighton to be 4-0 up against Spurs. This is Spurs' side that usually very dynamic, but they looked a bit flat in, at times. Didn't create a ton of chances until very late in the game. And it was almost like a case of the all for Brighton. You were seeing Brighton fans leaving because there was nothing more to see. But then all of a sudden, the 18th minute comes and Spurs find something. They have that belief. They have a bit more of a spring in their step. But again, it's just a reminder about how competitive the Premier League really is. Because again, I was leaning Spurs. I thought they're a good side. They're a good side on the road as well. And they'll probably be dynamic and sort of make catch up for some of the mistakes that maybe Brighton make. But in the end, Brighton made hardly any. There was obviously the one for, um, for the, I forget, the first goal for Spurs. But it's just... Yeah, this is this is Premier League football and Spurs need to take a look at themselves because it's great that you can play some attacking football, but you can't be giving up as many chances as they gave to be conceding four goals for the XG to be nearly four and somebody scored a goal from, you know, 30 yards out. I think it's going to be a bit of a reality check, let's say, for them. And I think going forward, they will be better because they 100% need to be because if they're giving goals away like that against a side like Brighton, who aren't in the best moment right now, they used to say you might not get punished again by a slightly better side in the future. Casey, are there any positives to take away from that final 15 minutes for Spurs, or is it all... Well, I mean, I think any, anything you like to see as a manager, even at 4-0 down, you like to see a team that doesn't quit and, and, and that they keep going. And now, I think even in the first half, when you look at... Richarlison had the ball in the back of the net a couple times, and, and the right call was made on offside. Richarlison hit the post. There were opportunities. I mean, it was a very wide-open game. And so, yes, you, you concede a couple silly penalties. You have a wonder strike from distance, but you kept going. And I, if I'm a manager, I'm going I'm to praise my team that they very easily could have lost that game by six because they could have just went, ah, eh, who cares? Go. But no, they, they fought back. They got some goals. They could have made it even a little bit more interesting than it was. There was opportunities at 4-2 that could have really made it interesting. But I think what Spurs... And, and Big Ange needs to really look at is they need to find a way to not be so wide open. There's, there, I mean, look, as I know I'm not a neutral, but I think other neutrals are looking at this going, sure, be wide open. Let's have tons of goals. Let's do that. But I, it takes me back to the Spurs days with Ozzy Ardiles and let's go beat yeah. teams 4-3. And unfortunately, you never see a team win a title by outscoring their opponent. There's a point in time where you have to play poorly, grind out 1-0, grind out 2-1 wins if you concede a, a goal for whatever reason. And I just, I'm a little nervous that this Spurs team isn't able to do that. I, I think Spurs found themselves in, in the position that they had to be open, that they had to take chances and, and go for it because 
They, they, they give them so many goals and, and cheap goals in, 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 in all honesty. Listen, Brighton are an incredible footballing team. We've said that. But you can't have Kulisevsky pulling a shoot as blatantly as, as, as he does um, to, 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 concede, to concede a penalty. You can't then have Ferguson has the ball on his right foot. For some reason, Lo Celso decides to come in from behind and challenge with his left foot. I mean, this is just, that, that's just basic defending. And so now you, you gift Brighton two, two penalties. You have a, a stupid strike that, as yeah. I said in Junala, there's nothing you can do about that. That just kind of comes out to nothing. Um, and and for, for Spurs, while near and right, they, they start very flat. They then give themselves this huge uphill task um, and, then, and then have to go chasing. And it's a, it's a ridiculous situation to be in. On the other side of that, that same coin, you've got a Brighton team who we continue to sing their praises of, but there are times that you've just got to be sensible. And at 4 and up, you're trying to pass the ball out to the back, give it away, Spurs score, and all of a sudden, it becomes this end-to-end -end almost training exercise that we saw for the last 15 minutes. When on, on the 43rd minute, Brighton are two up, Steele gets the ball to his feet, and, or gets a, a back pass, and he just launches it, which you've not seen. And I thought, this is more sensible from a Brighton team that sometimes pass themselves into far too much trouble. Two minutes before halftime, you're two up, no need to take chances, let's just see this out. I thought that was a shift in mindset. But then with, what, 10, 15 minutes ago, you're four up and, and you invite Spurs back into the game. And in, in truth be told, the last 15 minutes was, was far too unnervy for a home side that are 4-0 up trying and having to see this game out. But something we didn't even mention was that Vicario had to make two really nice saves yeah. against Welbeck at nil-nil. So it could have been more so, if not for so, him. Well, but what do you need from your goalkeeper, particularly if you're going to play open? Come up with a couple good saves early. Now we need to change the way we're playing to make sure that that doesn't become a third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. And that didn't happen for Tottenham. And obviously that's something that needs to uh, improve. And I, you know, I was talking to Shaka about it in, in the green room. There's a lot of talk that... Spurs want to sign a, a center back. If they do, they need to sign the fastest center back on the planet if they're going to play that high. If they need somebody that can recover 10 yards. Otherwise, there's going to be too many opportunities where uh, the opposing team is going to make a quick combination play at midfield and they're going to be through on Vicario. Uh, is Nadem available and will Daniel Levy pay his wages? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? No chance at all. <laughs> we'll be protests outside that stadium. But, yeah, I, I think I understand that point. That speed is going to be key. But then again, it's the genuine transfer window. And what happens when Romero's back, when Van der Ven's back? Do these guys right. just take a seat now and they're just not involved anymore? It's, it's the danger, unfortunately. Nadam, there's a better chance that Sol Campbell gets a chance to come back to Oh, God, him. man. <laughs> was, wait, was, waiting, <laughs> was waiting for the little dig. <laughs> was waiting. All right, let's take a look at the top four odds. Obviously, that is Spurs looking to move back into the top four today. These are the odds to finish top four. Who have you guys got from the pack here? Chaka. I'm, I'm, all right, so I'm... Well, clearly. Go one, uh, go one through four, then. Liverpool, Come on, West Liverpool, Ham, Liverpool, with the Spurs shirt on. No, Liverpool, <laughs> Arsenal, who aren't on this list, finished top four, Manchester City, and, and I, I still think Aston Villa are, are the fourth best team in, in the league. I look at everybody else, and they are flawed. They are inconsistent. 
Um, so I still think while Villa are going through a little bit of a rough patch right now, they're the fourth best team in the league. Nadem, Villa, Spurs, United. I'm going for uh, City Spurs. They're the last two teams in there for me. I think that'll be the way. All right, so that's a little talk on the top four there. You talked top four yesterday. No. No, you didn't. Who have you got? Um, have you got your former club, Tottenham Hotspur, making it into I, the top four? I think four? so. I, I, I just don't quite think Villa are there. I think Villa will, will, I think Spurs will just jump ahead of Villa. Okay. All right, we've got to talk about uh, Hugo Lloris, former captain at Tottenham Hotspur, who is reported to be on the move in January stateside. Taking his talents to LAFC after 11 and a half years with Spurs. He's obviously on the fringes at the club now since Antipostokoglu came in. These players like coming to LA, Casey? Well, definitely. I had a nice little chat with, with Chiellini uh, when they were up in Seattle. And clearly, I mean, there's a prime example of a guy that came in on a reduced salary just to have an opportunity to be with his family and, and hang out in sunny Southern California and then now he's obviously going back and, and it looks like uh, a clear role with Juventus but yeah I mean I, why not mm. you know I mean I could Hugo Lloris has done everything you know where do you choose to take your family someplace else or do you think you know what that could be a lot of fun there it look it's a it's a good organization it's a great place to to live why not probably looked at all those previous trendsetters who swapped English football for MLS Few of those here, Nadine. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, Couple you know, that's that's right. like it? me in 2018 going to RSL. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I loved it. I love my time there. It's very very different. But I think once you decide that you want to try and make the move over there, and there's a team that's interested, then I think it's really exciting. I think Loris at 37 gets the chance to see a different type of football, different type of league, different lifestyle. And I think you'll buy into it, especially because in going to LAFC, he's going to a side who wants to win. You know, winning is the priority, being... Do you like it, Shaka? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think it, it makes... Well, you're still here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like it so much I just, I just did. Do you like it for him, for Lloris? Yeah, I, I do. It, it makes a lot of sense. You know, as Kissy was saying, here's, here's a goalkeeper who's seen it all and just about won it all, including, in my opinion, the, the biggest prize in, in, in world football. Um, and now, coming to the end of your career, you still feel like you have a little bit to give. You're not, given, given the career that you've had, you're not prepared just to sit on the bench. Um, and you probably are recognising that you're not going to play at the highest, highest levels of European football anymore. I think coming to LAFC ticks a lot of boxes for, for who he is, who he has been, and what, what he wants for his family in, in, in the last few years of uh, the twilight of, of, of his career. And I, I, think, I think it's a good acquisition because... LAFC, again, are getting one of the most recognized goalkeepers in world football, albeit on the wrong end of his career. But there aren't many people who can boast a CV, let alone goalkeepers, can boast a CV like Hugo Lloris. Yeah, and of course, Hugo will be delighted to be one of the big topics on Football Americas with Seb and her. They'll no doubt be talking about this very situation on the latest edition. It drops twice a week on ESPN+. Plus. Be sure to always stay up to date with it.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, it's time for Shaka's Power oh. Rankings. Now, last week, there was a disgusting moment yeah. where La Liga's joint leaders and top scorers, Girona, were yeah. snubbed. Wow. It's kind of like that red card, yellow card moment. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. So, and they got all the way up to third? So Gir- yeah, they're, they're, that's where they should have been. Okay. Girona are okay. third. They're, they're back in. I was going to leave it for the winter break, but then, of course, we had a series of games, and that's changed things. Arsenal, who were in um, last week, are lost today and, and, and draw against Liverpool, so they're out. PSV are, are back in. Well, they're down. PSV went in last week, I don't think. Jerome. I mean, it's your power ranking, Shaq. Huh? They were. They were? Yeah. Oh, goodness. You know who weren't in, Girona? All right, well, they've, they've, they've dropped six. <laughs> they've dropped six. Girona back. That's all. That's all that matters. Other than that, it's more or less the same. I just thought I would let you know as well that the only teams in Europe's top five that have scored more than Girona are Manchester City, Bayer Leverkusen, and Bayern Munich. So that was quite the snob. So, what? It was a little bit of an oversight. Did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, a bit of oversight. I blame Dan. You should blame yeah, Dan because okay, usually sure. I'm on for your power Thank you very much. Yeah. And then when I, was, I would have checked you. When I was doing them last week, I said, Dan, I feel as I'm forgetting somebody. But you know, Dan, he's no help to anybody. No. No help to <laughs> anybody. No one's let, let me go to air with it. Any, any mistakes from him this week that you see, Casey? No, I, I, I kind of like the idea that there's some teams up there that unconventional teams that you would see in the power rankings. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I think Leverkusen are having a phenomenal season, so love to see that. Girona, clearly good catch this yes, week yeah, on, yes, on, yeah, on that yeah, mistake. So who's unconventional? Manchester City. <laughs> well, I mean, when was the last time? When, when your nickname in Germany is Neverkusen, yeah. and you're number one, because yeah. and deservedly so for mm-hmm. this stage of the season, and Girona, by, by all means. I mean, that is remarkable. Nice to see my ex-teammate, the, the coach at... Michel. It'd be great, Michel, to, so be great for great one of them to, see. to win their league. Yes, yeah, so, I mean... One, one, just pick one. Then they'd, have, then they'd have to be... Think of what Leicester City ranking. did oh. when they won. And, and how, you know, the 4,000 to 1 yeah. odds. And yep. Just to have another team that is just such a huge surprise is, is great for World I, Football. I don't trust Nadem is going to be as generous about your power rankings this they, week. They, they he, gave it all, he gave it this one, didn't he? No, no, no. I was just, I was just studying the power rankings because they're a work of art yet, yet again. And I feel like as an avid viewer of this show and a lover of Shaka Hislop, as you look at it, you try and explain it so that you know you can justify it. 
but you can't, it's impossible. And that's the thing that makes it so magnificent. So well done, Shaka. It makes no sense and we're here for it. <laughs> I, I, I'm often referred to as a Michelangelo Paul ranking. <laughs> right. For sure. Yes. For sure. I, I am yeah. an artist. Thank you yeah. very much, Nina. Yeah. I can't, yet again, was the wrong words. Maiden <laughs> will be with us on the latest edition of Extra Time, of course, joining the Goalkeepers Union. Go check it out over on our YouTube channel as the panel. Answer your questions. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. La Liga returns next week and we are here for it. Make sure to be with us for all of these games in English and in Spanish. And there is quite the game on January 3rd as Girona take on Atleti. Championship triple header coming up on Friday. It all gets underway at 1pm. Southampton taking on Plymouth Argyle. Coventry against Swansea City. And West Brom will face Leeds United. These guys are back for extra time. We <laughs> made them as well. <laughs> I have a quick question before we start. OK, right. go on. Uh, did Needham get Don's uh, internet man in or what? This <laughs> <laughs> is not going to say also. Why is, he in, why is he in a Hallmark movie today? For anybody listening on the podcast, he's in a winter wonderland today. Kind of where Cameron Diaz swaps with Kate Winslet in the holiday if you're into Christmas movies. Listen, I'm just I wonder if Jude Law's going to come knocking at the door. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> He's back in Utah. I'm I think. just happy to be here. He's up at the I'm ski just happy resort. to be here. That's all. Just happy yeah. to be here. Where? Where are you? Is the question. We're wow. happy you're here. I am in this moment. This is, I'm in my cabin. I'm in my cabin. This is my cabin in Manchester. This is this is the Manchester. Yes, it's a I actually have a theory. Twice we tried to go to Nadem today in the show about Phil Foden and one of his latest quotes, and twice his internet connection went mm. down when it was coming to that point in the show. Uh, yeah. So you're not escaping us now, Nadem. Mm. Just pull the plug. You think you just, I think yeah. you might have been like, yeah, oh, it's that go. moment where it's let's coming go. up. All right, so we're going to tell you about his quote after the win over Everton, which you have probably seen, where he said, I've had a good run of games, you know, how much I like playing in the middle as well. Long may it continue. This seems like a clear message Oof. to Pep Guardiola, but we also know Kevin De Bruyne's return is imminent. So long may it continue. I'm not sure it's going to be that long, right, Nadim? <laughs> I, th I think it, it might be okay. It might be okay because I could see a world where maybe it's a Rodri, it's a De Bruyne, and it's a Foden because previously when Haaland was around, as in he was fit to play, Alvarez was kind of playing one of those attacking midfield roles. 
and I could see that changing just a little bit. So yeah, for him, he wants to be central, he wants to have the influence in the game, and obviously Kevin De Bruyne is a far more senior figure. But if those goals keep coming and the performances keep coming, I'll tell you where he'll be playing, he'll be playing centrally. So let's just wait and see how that goes. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to upset Pep. Will. All right, just yeah. all right, all right. We won't upset him then. No. But uh, that is that I, is no. that is a topic I'm sure will will come up again. So don't be pulling your internet plug out, Nadem. Nadem, <laughs> first question is for you oh, sorry, as a City fan. <laughs> <laughs> as a City fan, we are smiling after today. How early should City start making space for another Premier League Oof. title? Has Oof. pretty much gone their way, hasn't it? Oh, oh, come on, come on, come on. Let's not do this. Like, I try and be as respectful as possible. City can do whatever they want to do, but other teams are going to do their thing as well. Yes, we can see the sort of pathway for them to be successful now, but I'm sure everyone in the studio knows no team's ever won the Premier League four years in a row. So you should not expect it, but they've got a great chance. And that trophy cabinet, yes, it's somewhat of a trophy room now, but I wouldn't necessarily still call them favourites. If they were top and had a lead, great, but they've still got some work to do. And the next game starts against Sheffield United at home. So did, did Niram say that City aren't winning the title? Is that what you said? It's kind of how it sounded to me, you know, between the lines. Reading between the lines then, Adam. Well, they... Um, I'd very much like it if they did. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, I'd very much wow, enjoy wow. Okay. It'd make my job a lot easier. Yes. Shaka and Casey, yeah. rank them in their prime. Buffon, Khan and Casillas. Oh, man. Wow. I know who's number one. And this should come as a surprise to nobody. Buffon. I, I think he's the best to have, to have ever played. Um, goodness me, Khan and Casillas. I'm, I'm going to go Casillas to Khan number three. I would maybe flip them. But you'd still have Buffon? I would have Buffon as number one. Okay. In that group. I think, I mean, and again, I think when, when, you're, when you're talking about goalkeeping, I, I think it's very similar when you're talking about strikers as well. It's snapshots in time. You have a group of, let's say, eight to ten that are in a conversation. And then you're like, hey, for this run of five games, They've been number one. But the, the, other, the big difference is when you also look at a lot of the goalkeepers like that, they're playing for teams. Like Edison has a fraction of the saves that Vicario has had this year. Mm. So it, it's, it's yeah, hard to judge, judge yeah. Yeah. you know, on, on that simplicity. It's, but, yeah, I think there's conversations of who's in that run of form at that moment of time. Next question for you, Nadem. Is Zinchenko a liability for Arsenal this season? And should they be looking to bring in a much better left-back in the January window? Uh, no, I don't think he's a liability at all. I think I've seen him play for Man City and win league titles. I've seen him play for City and get to a Champions League final. I think at this moment in time, he's not playing to his best and some people are potentially exposing that. But I think he's a very, very good player and is integral to how they want to play out from the back. So I think he's an asset and I think he can improve. If it was a case of this was his ceiling, then yeah, bring something different. But I think for them, they've got Timber to potentially come back at some point this season. That could be a big defensive boost for them. But when I think Arsenal, I think free-flowing football and I think Zinchenko is a big part of that in that side. So I don't think it's a liability at all. And I think it's just easy to just jump on someone when they're not playing at their best in any particular moment. 
Okay. Casey, with Shaka and Nadam's love of West Ham, Newcastle and Man City <laughs> respectively, are there any of your old teams that you might have a slight bias towards? Well, I think all of us players have a slight bias towards our old teams, no question about it. And I mean, the, the big joke was obviously when I was, you know, still doing broadcasting for the Sounders and having come from the greater Seattle area, mm. the team I supported in the NASL days as a kid. And then, so yes, there was always that little bit that I was, I was biased. But, but clearly as an ex-Spurs player, Leicester, Millwall, uh, Gladbach, Rio. Yes, I always have that little bit have of love for yeah, your yeah, old team. I mean, when when people talk about you know when 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 we play for those teams, and you let's say a North London derby, for example. Look, I have no animosity against Arsenal. I don't have, but what I do have is I want my home supporters, my team supporters, to be as happy as possible. And when you can get one over your rival, when you're a Millwall player and you get a chance to beat West yeah. Ham, that is as big as it can get. Again, it's not like I grew up hating West Ham, but I understand the yeah. hatred that the Millwall fans have, and I want them to they be as that. happy yeah, as possible. Might, yeah. So basically you hate Shaka. Of course. Yes. 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 Uh, you yep. know, no question about it. Yeah. Newcastle have Sunderland. We'll never talk to him soon. again because Newcastle. I was a Millwall player and he was a West Ham yeah. player. Yeah. Newcastle yeah. have Sunderland coming soon. That'll be intense. Yes. That'll be fun. Uh, I'd I, I, I also like to add that I've showed how neutral I can be coming in today wearing a Spurs shirt. I did. Shaka came in today. Can I tell you all this? Shaka came in today wearing a rather fetching T-shirt. It has to be said. It was really nice. It was not like the Spurs kit. It was a, a T-shirt which said Spurs on it. It had the cocker on. Had, yeah, it had it all on. Yeah. yeah. And it's Shaka's son is a Spurs fan. Yes, my son is a Spurs fan. He got you it for Christmas. Yeah. Got me for. He was really excited. He came in today, and look what's happened. I had a pretty good day. <laughs> I had a great day. It's my lucky shit now. Mr. Shaka Kirst, did you contact your son today to have I a sent, work? I sent him a message. I said, this is my lucky shit. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Oh, God, Nadam is terrible. He, for about two weeks before Christmas, he's going, oh, you're going to like your gift. You're going to like your gift. No was pretty shit. My son, my son used to, in FIFA, he would play against me in FIFA. Oh, Dad, you got scored on again. <laughs> Guess what? You got beat again. You know, again. You're like, oh, what chance do you have? Oh, that, I mean, fair play to you wearing it, though. Wearing it. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll wear it again. Um, who will finish higher in the table this season? This is from your interior decorator who's been very busy lately, Nathan. <laughs> who will finish higher in the table this season? Yeah. West Ham, Brighton or Newcastle? Ooh. Oh, that's a great question. A great question for right now. And I think I'm going to say not Brighton. I'm going to lean West Ham because I think they've got a groove and a style of play that, you know, really travels well. So I'm going to say them because right now it seems like the wheels are definitely falling off Newcastle and that could affect them in the long term. Shaka, I feel like you have to wade in on that my one. Piece came out. I was wondering what all the crunching was. Yeah, it's me, it's me. My earpiece came out. I'm putting it back in. I can't. All right, I got it. He's back. Oh, he right. didn't hear all those awful things you said about him. Yeah, just as well. Worry. Just as well. Um, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say. I'm going to say Newcastle. I'm going to leave Newcastle. Okay. I feel like he does some business in January, um, as he did. 
to good effect two years ago. Um, to try to, to stay up, I think he, he does. He does similar. Yeah, and given Newcastle's injury list, once those players start coming back, I think they put a run together. Okay. Nadem, when you made your move to MLS, did you have any trouble adjusting to a new league calendar? How was your first season in MLS not playing during the holidays? So, getting Christmas off was amazing to be yeah. able to watch like English football and still know I do have work. This was like this was like a dream come true. So the calendar, yes, it was different. I think the biggest issues as such was the fact that, you know, all of a sudden everybody starts pre-season at the same time. You've got most of the teams in the West like training out in Phoenix. So you're looking at the opposition, like thinking, well, why, why are we doing this? Playing against teams in your own league for preseason, weird as well. But overall, I went there for the experience and it was, certainly was a new experience and it was fun to do. And like I say, that chance of knowing that when the weather gets too cold, you can just stop playing football instead of just being out there shivering, knowing that you can't wear gloves because <laughs> people call you soft. You know, that was a very good time, yeah. I, I very much enjoyed it. We actually had this conversation today. You were talking about the different leagues you played yeah. in and what the Christmas breaks were like for you and you felt that some of them favoured yeah. well, you as a player better than others. You know, really Spain, short. Spain is short. So Spain, you really only get about three, four days off. So the two seasons that I played in Spain, the first year we came back to London for a few days and, and, and had a good time. The, uh, the second time we had the days off, we took the kids to uh, Disney Paris and had a and had a Very great good. and then and then you're only because you've only had three four days off you don't have much of a right. training schedule to get back to play germany now you did have enough time to actually fly home right um and and have you know a week 10 days uh see people do that but it comes at a cost you then have a mini second preseason which is never a lot of fun that's like you check when you used to look can i get to trinidad yeah oh yeah well, that, that was when I when I come to, to, to MLS. That was my first Christmas in, in Trinidad since uh, since I graduated university. So since '91. Wow. So and when you came, it was a big break. Yeah. It was like a three-month yeah. break. It was a big so, old break. Yeah. yeah and, I, and, and I mean, that was just so good getting to spend Christmas with my mom and dad and, and back home. And my wife is also from Trinidad, so take our kids were young. So mm. it was really, it was really, really good. Well, there you go. That's why people like Hugo Lloris are probably like, you know what, I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> uh, in this era of VAR, do you th why, do you th why do players think they can get away with mm. anything in the penalty area like what Kulusevsky did today? That shirt. Tossed. That was dumb. Yeah, why, it, is a, it is a valid question. Why, when there is VAR, is it still that you just might as well take it? I think you just have that instinct. I think you just yeah, have that instinct. Correct. Let me just, you know, and then you think, oh, God. From the time you do it, you just think, oh, God, <laughs> what am I doing? What do you think, Nadem? You know, I think that's fair. I think what Shaq is saying is right. His instinct, and he's done it, and he's probably not even conscious of the fact that he's doing it. Mm. But then all of a sudden, when he realizes the decision has been given, it's like, oh, no. Well, of course, this is going to end up as a penalty. So I wouldn't necessarily say people just go around doing stupid things all the time. But unfortunately, sometimes you just go into automatic and you do things that you think make sense in the moment. But yeah, but he's not doing it on purpose. Come on. Uh, last question is for Casey. Start, bench, or drop, and drop the supporters of these clubs. Seattle Oh, man. Oh, there's no chance. There's no chance. <laughs> well, I've said somebody, kids. No chance. I've said somebody. No, I mean, look, I, I've, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. 
I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping on the boo. fence on this one. Uh, yes, boo. Boo. you can boo me all you want. I had a lot of fun at every club I played for, and I, and I enjoyed making the rounds. So which, I, which uh, did you have the most fun, second most fun, and least most fun at? No. You don't get it on this I'm one. Just look, look, inside, though, yeah. look, what about Ryo helping the community out as look, well? Ryo, Ryo was the team look, every time. Ryo is such a unique club. And and even even at Ryo, I was when I first came in, Ryo always and the and the and the community of Vieques always had this <coughs> kind of socialist communist vibe. And being like the first American to play in La Liga and go to the club with yeah. you know, and here's the capitalist coming in. There was always that little bit <laughs> of a, but but I think like like every place that any player plays at, nobody cares where you're from, mm. what you look like, what you if you perform for the club, you are going to be appreciated. And and Ryo was exactly the same. So there we go, Casey Keller sitting on the fence. On the fence, baby. And proud to do it. it was. Thank you yep. so much for sending in the men. We'll send you uh, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Casey will be back tomorrow. We'll try him again. <laughs> Give me off the fence. <laughs>